If you've had automating your ASP.NET deployments on your to-do list, now's a great time to give Octopus Deploy a try. The Starter Edition lets you install Octopus on your own infrastructure and deploy to IIS web servers, Azure websites, and pretty much anything from Node to Kubernetes, and they just made it free for small teams. Give your team a single place to release, deploy, and operate software with Octopus Deploy. Find out more at octopus.com. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And, uh, wow, this is going to be fun. Uh, Laura Laban is here. We're going to talk to her in just a a few minutes. But first, man, how's things going in the great Northwest? Uh, You know, weather is on. It's just rain, of course. A little bit of snow in the mountains. Nothing to complain about. I am working on house upgrades because it's been the longest stretch I've been home in a long time. Yeah. And I'm finally replacing the... Uh, cable light that I have around the outside of the house, which was LED. Yeah, yeah. Starting to tinker with individually addressable RGB LEDs. Because why not? Are you? Well, I know you're a recent empty nester. Are you, have you reclaimed any of the bedrooms for your oh, yeah. projects? No, the, the, the downstairs guest room is a gym now. <laughs> uh, the guest room is now one of the daughter bedrooms upstairs. And the other daughter bedroom, I think, is becoming a weaving studio for a certain clothing centric person ah, in this house. Weaving studio. So, That's interesting. a weaving studio. Yeah. She has a loom. She has two looms wow. actually. So, yeah, you know, but actually she's been big on making masks the past few months. Looms are a very, um, programming like, aren't they? Yeah. You're, you're really, you're right. And she should have been a software developer. She has the knack. You've met her. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but fell into the engineering side of clothing, which is an excellent business as well. But definitely has the mind for it. When I first introduced you, I think it was on show 69 of .NET Rocks, you uh, told me about, you, you had this great line about, you know, you're a software developer and your wife is a, an engineer. And when we argue, it involves a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> because it had we'd been we'd been arguing over how to do something with a deck and there were and we went away with our respective corners because we were annoyed with each other as you do with spouses and both came back with spreadsheets <laughs> it's really great yeah no so, you know you, 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 she's someone you can build a house with ask me how i know like that's not a small thing to do no and stay married right well that's that's really great yeah um i've got something really fun for uh Better no framework, so roll the crazy music. All right, man, what do you got? All right, well, this being show 1718, you can go to 1718.pwop.me and you will see uh, Blazer Monaco. Hmm, okay. What's Blazer Monaco? Well, I, I kind of learned about this from Steve Sanderson. I think it was Steve Sanderson's talk at .NET Conf. Um, you know, Monaco is the editor that powers Visual Studio Code, does IntelliSense and uh, statement completion and, you know, coloring and all of that stuff. Right. And now you can, somebody wrote a wrapper for it so that you can use it in Blazor. So, uh, like a control? Yeah. And there's a demo. Just check out the demo. You get a oh little goodness. code editor in a Blazor. Uh, in a browser. App. In a browser. That's pretty cool. With line numbers. 
<laughs> well, and just the idea that you could just have a uh, an editor in your in your web page on demand whenever you felt like. Yeah, and you know, the fact is, you know, go to this and this dot, and you get the list of properties, and it's just color cool. coding, color intelligence. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's wild! Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, that's really great. Yep. Just more and more Blazor goodness coming out all the time. I remember a code name Monaco, which I believe was like a web-based editor, but then of course it became VS Code. I mean, maybe not, maybe not a straight lineage mm. using the Electron runtime to turn it into a desktop right. app, essentially. But right. but you know, Blazor brings that all back, man. Back in a browser with an editor, no big deal. No big deal. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Who's talking to us today, Mr. Campbell? I grabbed a comment off of show 1704, which we did back in September of 2020, talking with Theodoro Tataru about building a Xamarin app. You remember this story of a young lady in college, uh, her, because of the, the pandemic, her internship dies. And so instead she builds an app, an open source app in Xamarin yep. that uh, went really well and, and is big on teaching others about Xamarin. So right. it was a great story. Yeah. And this comment comes from John just a few months ago where he said, yet another great show was especially grateful for the mention of the Sync Fusion community license, which has opened up a whole world of possibilities sure. for a Blazor app that I've been working on in my spare time. Because, you know, the, uh, Theodore talked about this because she was working in Xamarin and th- that Syncfusion does have, uh, and many of these companies have certain products available for free for, for open source projects and things like that. Right. And so I guess John took advantage of that for his Blazor app, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So thanks, John. And a copy of Music to Code By is on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Music to Code By, write a comment on the website at .nrocks.com. Or on the Facebooks, because we publish every show there. And if you comment there and I read the show, we'll send you a copy of Music to Code by. And definitely follow us on Twitter. Uh, he's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. And fly the friendly skies. Nice. So, speaking of flying, let's uh, bring on our guest. Laura Laban is the co-founder and CEO of Infinite Flight. As one of its chief developers, Laura loves working on flight models, ATC, which is an acronym. She's going to tell us what that means. Multiplayer systems, cockpit instruments, and more areas of the simulator. She holds a PPL. I believe that's a personal private license. And flies a Cub Crafters X-Cub. She grew up in France and has moved to the U.S. after graduating. She worked at NVIDIA for six years before founding Infinite Flight with Philippe Rollin. Laura lived in California, New York for a few years and is now back in France for some time. Welcome, Laura. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. The name Laban seems familiar. Hmm. Any relationship to Jerome Laban, perhaps? Yes, he's my brother. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so we did a sh- we did a show with Jerome and and Francois Tagay. About Uno, right? A couple of years back, so I don't know that we've ever had a brother and a sister both been on .NET Rocks for their respective cool projects. Got to mm-hmm. be first for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very cool. How about that? And he's in Montreal, so okay, yes, that's, he is, a, yes. that's that's a French connection. Yeah, there. .NET so family. <laughs> so and cool. And a .NET family. He's, he's the one so, who gave me the the bug. Ah, uh, ah, uh, literally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Flight, I have played this game. It is beautiful. 
It's also been around a long time. Like, when was the first version? Was it 2011? Uh, yeah, so it was in 2011. So, yeah, it was on Windows Phone. So, a long time ago. Um, wow. On a platform that should rest in peace. But, yeah. But does that mean you've always coded it in C Sharp? Yeah. So, the, the project actually started uh, when I was in school here in France. This was a, this was a side thing that I, that I started on. Um, in in a school that was heavily dominated by Unix and Linux people. Um, hmm. And when I went to the school, and also my brother was a, a teacher there, and he's the one who brought the Microsoft ecosystem to the school. Um, and uh, I remember when I was developing it, people told me like, oh, you're going to get stuck on Microsoft platforms forever. You shouldn't code it in C Sharp. You should do it in another language or something. And I was like, well, you know, we'll see. Uh, and now we can run on mm. so many things. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's fun. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a side project. I started, like, I got the initial idea to do it. Um, we were like a bunch of friends of mine. We were part of a game development laboratory in the school. So you could be part of some kind of clubs, basically. And this one was um, for console game development, but we wanted to do PC. So we kind of branched uh the group into a PC dev uh, team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was working on a physics engine for a little game that we were working on. And there was a, um, there was a, it was OD, the, uh, the physics engine, OD. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a, a sample in the tutorials um, that was basically just a little car. And, you know, when we were tired at four o'clock in the morning, I was just driving this car because the physics was so real. It was super fun. And there was a way to flip the car back on its wheels when, you know, instead of restarting the tutorial, the, the example, you mm. could just have, apply a force on the side of the, the car to flip it back <laughs> on its wheels. <laughs> this sounds like an afternoon of silliness right, right there. Digital so wheelies, baby. Digital wheelies. Exactly. And you could like, <laughs> if you could go on a ramp and kind of get in the air and press the button many times, the car would just like kind of levitate in the air and you could land on, <laughs> on surfaces that were higher. And wow. this gave me the idea, like... You know, since these forces were making the car fly, you know, what if I had virtual wings that I put on there and varied the force based on the angle of attack and the, the speed? And it turns out it actually works because this is how planes work. Um, and this is how it, it all got started. Were you already a flying aficionado at this point? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. still my brother is mixed in that story too because he, he got his first computer, like a first actual PC because we grew up, my parents got this old, you know, uh, 8088 computer, like an IBM PC that didn't have a graphics card. It was just terrible. We just right. had DOS stuff. Um, and uh, so he one day he got his, his first like Windows 98 PC and he came home with a copy of Microsoft Flight Sim 95. Um, yeah. And he actually never played it. He bought a joystick and everything and he never actually played it. So I ended up begging for some time on his computer to, to play the Flight Sim. Um, so this is how it kind of got started, and I, I got I got the, the flying bug that way. I take it you played the latest one, or you're still downloading it? I, <laughs> I actually have <laughs> played it. Yeah, I actually updated my computer for this because I like when I tried to when I bought bought it on uh, the Windows Store uh, thingy. Mm -hmm. um, I think he told me I didn't have. I forgot what I had. Oh yeah, I didn't have the right Windows version. I had some kind of content creator edition, and the PC was like four oh, years come old. On. So Jeez. I just bought a new one. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's how much you wanted to play. Dedication. Well, I mean, the okay. <laughs> so the reason why I had this this version of the creator's 
thing on Windows 10 was because I wanted to tr- I wanted to prove to Philippe that we could have VR for Infinite Flight. And mm. I told him, like, he was like, well, it's too hard to make it work, too complicated to set up. And I was like, well, I'll show you it's easy. And I bought this Samsung uh, VR goggle thingy. And when I plugged it in, it was just a nightmare of, I need a new driver and I need a new Windows version and I need yeah. and Windows update was stuck in the middle. So yeah, he was right. It was, it was a pain. But when I installed, like when I updated something, my computer started crashing all the time. Mm, like bug nice. check, you know, something with the drivers and I updated the SSD driver, the chipset driver, everything, nothing worked. And uh, I think about this time I was kind of bored with the, kind of tired with the, the crashing. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to upgrade because I can't figure out what's actually causing those crashes. So, but yeah, so now, you know, I had, I've done a computer and I've tried it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it is gorgeous. And the whole world is in there. It is pretty. Buildings. Mm-hmm. It is really yeah, pretty. They, so they were talking about everybody's going to Jeffrey Epstein's island. Oh, really? <laughs> and then, and then, they, then there was the bug in Melbourne, Australia that put a, what, 1,500-story building right. in. Right. It was supposed to be it's like yeah. all these fun things folks are doing flying around the I, world. I wouldn't blame them. It's it's really hard to make a planetary simulation like this. Yeah, man. Uh, especially when you have so many people looking at it at one time. Like, it just, you know. Yeah, you have a scope of the problem. So, you, but you started this on Windows Phone. Right. So So the reason why I started on Windows Phone is, so Philippe and I back, so we were working at NVIDIA around 2006 to 2012-ish. And uh, I was working on this side project of the flight sim. Um, and at some point, you know, we kind of discussed, like, he could join me in this project and we could just basically restart from scratch except for the physics engine. Um, but he liked working on planetary rendering engines and graphics engine, that type of stuff. And I wanted to work on, you know, I like the graphics rendering aspect, but it's, I'd rather focus on the aviation part. Yeah. Um, right. So we kind of joined forces and, um, uh, and at the beginning, so it was at, t- at the time when Microsoft canned um, FSX, well, the canned team, uh, ACES Studio. Uh, so we thought there's an opening now on PC because there's only mm-hmm. uh, X-Plane left. Um, and so there's, you know, you could have, you could have other players in the market, especially that now that Microsoft, like the big Microsoft is out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but we, we kind of chickened out and around that time, uh, was in mid 2010, Microsoft sent us, um, because I had developed a bunch of uh, Windows uh, mobile applications. Yes, I did. Um, mm-hmm. that I had published, uh, online. So they sent me a demo device. Uh, I think it was an LG, uh, like preview device of windows phone before it was out. Yeah. Uh, I ha- I still have mine. I've kept it. I still have it too. It's, yeah. It's like it's the, special. the burned, uh, ID on it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, uh, so we, we figured like, let's go on Windows Phone. It's like, we would be the first ones there. Um, others can't go on here because it's only C sharp. So you can't have any other, yeah. you know, C plus plus things on this. So we'd be clear. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, we all know how it turned out. Yeah, but you, if you were jumping into Windows Phone right at the beginning, uh, well, with phone seven, that wasn't that like a lightweight version of Silverlight. Like, what was it like programming in that? It wasn't that bad because they had they had um, they had Windows. So they had XNA 
for um, for phones. Oh, okay. Um, so that was pretty easy for us because we were using uh, X. I think we were using XNA on for the Windows mm-hmm. version anyway. So for us, yeah. it was pretty easy. Just you know, have it run on on XNA on on mobile. Uh, right, and it was actually pretty right, easy. and coding in C sharp. Right, so we were, it was right. just a, it was a no brainer for us. Like it's it was worth the try. It's just an easy switch, right. um, like a complete rewrite. Um, so, so we shipped in 2011, and I think it was mm-hmm. in April, um, and it worked okay for a couple of months, and then it kind of started dying, mm. um, and the performance was not that great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was lots of like the beginning, there was lots of constraints. We didn't have enough purchases too, but there was lots of constraints on the, uh, um, some of the rendering, um, issues and some of like the, the, uh, refresh. So, so they, you can only have one app that was, uh, that was present at one time. And whenever you were put in the background, they were literally killing the app. And so you had to have to, to keep a state of the app I when you this. brought it back to the, to the, the, the front. So you had to be able to recover your app from any state, right? Which was a complete pain. Um, if it's like a, <laughs> just a Windows app, it's it's kind of easy. But if it's you're simulating a world and you have to reload all the content, you know, make sure that yeah. the physics engine is kind of synced and there's no weird motion when it's it restarts. It's yeah, it was it was a pain. Your your user isn't going to wait; they're going to flip it off the screen and go somewhere else. Right, exactly. Yeah. If it doesn't crash before. Yeah. Right. But didn't a later update of WinPhone fix that? Yeah, they did. Was, yeah, but was we were, it Mango? I think it was Mango. Yeah, yeah. All these names ring a bell now. <laughs> uh, phone seven point five, like that was the update. I think oh, that, that played with with the multitasking stuff. Right. Yeah, and there was at some point they had a they had a system where you could render. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, WPF controls on top of the 3D view. So we wow. so we had a small discussion about like should we do this instead of our own UI? Mm-hmm. Um, but we had the foresight to think that what if we went to another platform that doesn't have this system? Then the whole UI is built on this. And we right. have to have two different sets. You know, it's a pain. Let's not do it. So we ended up. Um, recreating an entire UI toolkit from scratch. Um, so that was fun. Because that was easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So it's also partly because of Microsoft. And I guess it feel bad to say this on, on the podcast like you guys, but like uh, yeah. Microsoft has this tendency to drop things, you know, like we, yep. you know, and in our history, like XNA is a big part of this. Like they dropped XNA, sure. Like like a stone. It's like okay, we're done. It's like can you open source it? Nope. Okay, so what do we do now? It's like we had this problem at Nvidia because we're using Managed DirectX and for FX Composer, and they dropped mm-hmm. it. Uh, and their only answer was like, well, you can use XNA. We're like okay, but it's not you know we need access to like the the lower level stuff. Like we need multiple render targets and all this, and there's no way we can do that right now. They're like, well, you can use you know you can do your own wrapper. It's like, but you guys have one. Just open source it. Yeah, give it to us. Yeah, and I remember discussions with uh, um, uh, some of the Microsoft folks at uh, GDC, and they were like, "We're trying, but the lawyers are keeping us from doing it, or something." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was complicated. But eventually, well, that was back. Yeah. Th- that was back in the day, right? right? Probably like where, in two thousand. Getting... 
nine-ish, yeah. Yeah. Eight, nine. Yeah. Even like maybe more than that. Yeah. So, but you already had an eye to, you wanted to get onto iOS and Android? Not really. Back so. Back then? No. We were like, we didn't think that far ahead because we didn't really, mm-hmm. I mean, Examiner was kind of starting up. So we didn't really have a clear path onto like how we would go to other platforms. Is that um, where you are now, Xamarin? Uh, yeah. 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 So the the reason why, like, it's kind of organic the way we went to Xamarin, actually, because the plan, the evolution from Windows Phone was to go into Xbox. So mm. there's still some, you know, pound defines in the code you know, that we took out, actually, recently. Windows uh, for some Universal. Xbox stuff, like some controller modes and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we were, like, we almost had it ready uh, to maybe push it to Microsoft for approval. And then I was online and I saw, you know, uh, I think I saw Monogame and, and Xamarin, like some kind of sample of somebody running something on iOS. And it clicked and I'm like, wait a minute. What if like we could just go to iOS and like we can see how this works instead of going on Xbox with a lot of restrictions and all that. And um, the difficulty with Monogame, Monogame is basically a... Uh, open source version of XNA. So it basically took out like all the signatures of the, 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 the library mm-hmm. and replaced it with code that, you know, they, they rewrote from scratch because they didn't have to, the source code. Um, but at the time, they only had 2D. Uh, it was only for platform games and they had no 3D at all. So, right. Uh, to do like a proof of, I think Philippe was on vacation at that time in, in France. And uh, in a few days, I I, I, pour, I tried to load some model, and I, I redid an XNB loader, loaded some textures, and then I, I showed Philippe, like, hey, you know, we could actually run this on, on iOS. Then Philippe took over, because he's better at graphics than me, and he rewrote the whole, like, the whole loading and everything um, hmm. to make it proper. Um, <laughs> and we ended up, like, so this was in... Uh, in uh, September 2011, uh, and mm-hmm. we ended up uh, shipping on iOS in March 2012. So it took about six wow. months-ish to, to do it. Yeah, That's still pretty quick. And, it, and of course, in those early days, there was sort of hostility to the, to the cross-platform models for iOS. Like, did you ever, were you ever concerned about Apple pulling your app because you hadn't built it in Xcode? Um, I mean, there was, there was a lot of discussions. I remember, um, back in the day, uh, talking with, uh, Miguel, there was some fear that, you know, Apple is Apple and they could just decide to can you for any reason that they want. It's still, it's still the case today. Like we're always like, every developer is living under this, this constant fear that Apple could just like find something about their app that they don't want. Mm. And out you go. And there's no recourse. Right. And, and At the beginning, it was even harder because the approval time was seven days, right. sometimes even more. So we had to wait all this time. And the, the initial release was actually a horrible pain um, <laughs> because we um, we shipped, uh, we pushed a version to them. Like we had, I think it was on, it wasn't test flight. It was, I think it may have been test flight, but before they were acquired by, by, uh, by Apple. So we're, we had sent numerous versions in beta and it worked fine. Uh, but when we sent it to Apple for approval, they um, came back with us and like, hey, your app crashes at startup. Um, there's no there's no dump. 
So figure it out. Nice. Okay. So your stuff doesn't work. Right. Fix it. What just occurred to me is that you started on Windows Phone and then you were going to move to Xbox. So you were obviously into, um, you know, Windows Universal. Right. Wouldn't, isn't Uno the better choice than Xamarin for you? Could be. And what does your brother think of that? <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually not promoting. I've never gotten any marketing calls from him. <laughs> um, yeah. But but you are, I mean, you've been around a lot longer. Infinite Flight's been around a lot longer than Uno. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By, by the mean, time that was even a possibility. Right. Yeah. It didn't even exist. Yeah. So, I mean. And, well, the, and you're still talking about predating Ma- Xamarin in 2011. Like, that's really monotouch. Yeah. Right. It was mono. Right. Yeah, it was monotouch. That's true. It was monotouch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it didn't have mono for Android, too, at the time, I think. It was not even out. That, it just started at the end of 2011, so you would have you would have not had a chance to do anything with it, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's only because of the damn book that I have all these dates. Right? <laughs> like, I've been working on this book on the history of .NET forever, and I have every date in my head now. So cool. yeah, that's right. Mono Touch was around for a couple of years at that point, but you wouldn't see Mono for Android until the end of 2011. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I don't remember exactly when we started. I know we released on Android. I think it was about in mid 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems fair. It took us a long time because of the randomness of Android devices and driver issues, and you know that you can have a Galaxy S3 with a certain oh, chipset man. in Korea that you've never heard of, you know. So, and for some reason, it doesn't work, and you can't you can't pr- procure that device because it's only sold yeah. in Korea. Mm, right. So, yeah. Fun times. Yeah, so you're all yeah. you're always battling that the fragmentation of the Android. Right. I mean, there's a lot we a lot of frustration we have with Apple, but boy, their gear is pretty consistent. Yep, that's for sure. It's it's pretty clean. There's yeah. very, rarely any issues. Um, yeah, the drivers are pretty solid. So yeah, can't complain. In exchange for as draconian as Apple is, because Google arguably is the other way, and it's too laissez faire. Right. I think Microsoft was a good a good mix actually. We yeah. we wish they would have stuck around uh because I still have fond memories of just like, you know, you want to publish on your phone, just press F5, it's gonna ask your password, right. you get a license, and you're done. Uh, yeah, off you go. You know, yeah. on, on iOS it's just like every time the, the profiles or the certificate expires every year, like yep. all right, here we go. I'm just gonna have to press every <laughs> damn button I can find to figure out if the profiles are updated <laughs> and if it <laughs> yeah uh, i hear the pain yeah but yeah it is fascinating to consider like i understand why wind phone sort of failed away at the time but i think everybody wishes it existed today yeah. oh yeah with where the market is right now like we i think we really want a third player now yeah yes because it's um every, everything was so much simpler on on mm-hmm. uh on uh windows apis you know, every time we yeah. have to develop something on iOS, it's always a convoluted way of doing it. On on Android, there's always these callbacks into the activity, which makes you have some weird patterns in your code. Uh, yeah, it's Windows Phone was so clean. I remember wow. we worked a little bit on the purchase API. It was just so easy. Yeah, I wish they had uh, that stuff kept it going. And I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. 
Hey, Carl here with a very special offer for music to code by. You can now get the whole 20 track collection for $19.99 while electrons last. Go to my new store at pwop.e-junkie.com. That's pwop.e-junkie.com. And get it now before I change my mind. And we're back. It's .NET Rocks. That's Carl Franklin. Yo. And I'm Richard Campbell. And we are uh, talking to Laura Laban about uh, Infinite Flight and just this really fun story of writing a flight simulator in C-sharp in the early days of these smartphones, too. Because you basically would have been involved in debugging Mono touch and mono for Android. Like, I'm sure you ran into issues because you're doing hard things in a flight simulator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the most of the issues we've had were uh, with the when they switched. I think at the beginning, at the very beginning, we were um, using mono develop uh, mm -hmm. that, that, yeah. app that they had that looked like Windows, that looked like Visual Studio. And yes, um, so that Linux. was pretty easy uh, because everything was on the, the device. And then when they switch to the um, uh, where they have that thing that runs on the uh, on the Mac and you could develop on on window on Windows with a with Visual Studio, that connection mm -hmm. was always super sketch. Um, <laughs> sometimes things don't work, and even today, like we have sometimes one developer is like, "Hey, uh, I can't deploy anymore. What do I do?" It's like you're on your own, man. Sorry. Yeah. Kick, turn everything off and turn it all back on again. It's such a frustrating experience, and I, I don't even complain yeah. to me anymore because it feels like it's such like how do you reprobe bugs like this? You know, it's like sometimes yeah. they're like, "Oh, send us a, a default sample." It's like it works on the default sample, it just doesn't work on our stuff. <laughs> right. So, so now it's our fault. Right. I and I understand what they're trying to do there. Like they're trying to simplify the cycle time, and you know, and get people back into the tools that they're used to. Just shortening up that time for write a code write a bit of code to seeing it run on the device. But there's so many tricky hoops to jump through. Right. Yeah. I remember also when they added, I think at the beginning, the connection was not secure and they added a way to secure the connection and you needed to log in or something. That also added mm -hmm. a bunch of hurdles. And, and some of the errors are just like, you go on Google and Google's like, there's only one guy who asked a question and yep. there's no answer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and Xamarin says, they're going to fix it you know, in this release, but then you completely stuck in the meantime. Yeah. Um, so all we do is nothing for the next two months. Right. Excellent. So you have to find hacks. <laughs> and I, there was a point where we actually had to go back to MonoDevelop, like report the solution back to MonoDevelop so we could actually build anything. Um, that was that was frustrating. Um, wow. But, you know, it's like there's no other choice anyways. Like, but it's, it's just like it's, it's still things like it's an amazing achievement that we can, you know, we have this app that runs on PC I do most of the development on PC. Uh, the app runs on PC. I test all the stuff up there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when I want, I can actually barely run on, on, on mobile anymore. Uh, hmm. Because, you know, if I'm working on instruments for, for a new plane like the 757, I don't have to have it run on, on the phone to do it. I can, right. you know, and the instruments, the way we have it done, I usually start and do everything in edit and continue, uh, mm -hmm. which won't work on mobile anyway. Right. So, right. Same well, I guess you're also just using the mobile phone just to check, you know, right. the, the performance, the size, the, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Once that's done, 
you can revisit it at the end of the cycle. Right. And, yeah. and uh, so the other members of the team, Kevin and Philippe, usually are more on the device. Um, but they will usually, depending on the cycle and depending on the Xamarin release, they're going to, I think right now the, the fastest deployment is on Android. So usually we all test on Android first and then we mm, go on iOS. Right. Isn't it funny? Yeah. It used to be exactly the opposite. Right. But the Android emulators have gotten so good that uh, Actually, they never test on the emulator. Really? <laughs> no. Interesting. It's wow. always a pain. It, it, I don't know. We'd rather test on the on the device. Now it's pretty fast. Like I have a S9 tab or S7 tab. It just goes super quickly. So can't complain. Well, I just remember the you know using a um, the iOS simulator was always faster than the Android uh, emulators or whatever. Right. Uh, emulator simulator. I can't remember which, but uh, iOS used to be faster. Even if you were, you know, using two machines with the network connection between them. Um, but then, you know, the, the Android things got fast. Yeah. For us, we couldn't really do the, uh, the iOS uh, simulator because we, like, everything we do is 3D graphics. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, I actually knew a friend who worked on that. Uh, they actually had a software emulation of OpenGL. Wow. So they basically oh, rewrote wow. everything uh, to like rewrote OpenGL rendering. So he was doing like a rasterizer and everything uh, in software. It was still pretty fast, but for our purposes, it was too slow. Hmm. So when did you give up on the WinPhone version? I don't remember. Maybe like 2013, I think. Yeah. Uh, when it was barely making um, any sales anymore. Uh, a lot of other big players dropped the app. Right. And you were out with iOS and Android at right. that point too. So you have customers demanding things on the iOS and Android side and no sales on the WinPhone side. Right. And it's, we just looked at the, uh, the amount of time that it took us to, even if it's not a lot of time, it's just an extra thing to think about. And whenever mm -hmm. there's a, an API change or anything like that, we have to go and like take our focus away from, you know, the main drivers. Um, it just wasn't worth uh, the time. Well, I also wonder, like, going from from Phone 7 to 7.5 to 8 to 10, I, was the code even portable at that point? Like, they changed the underlying infrastructure of the phone so much each time. Yeah, I think I remember, like, it's kind of blurry now, but I remember there was something they did to uh, to XNA where they limited the resolution because the first phones were 800 by 480, I believe. Right. And I think they had limited that for some time. When when 7.1 came out, they had bigger, like they had higher resolution, but they mm -hmm. they had hard coded the the resolution. Like we couldn't ask for something uh, bigger. Wow. Um, so there was a bunch of sketchy stuff like that, uh, and they may have also deprecated XNA at some point, or they were not. Like I think they kind of said like we're not going to do anything more to it. So yeah. And for us, it was not like it was not it was not great. Like we, we the way we do it now, even with mono game, there's lots of restrictions that we have with you know things that are designed in a way that it makes it hard for us to to move forward. We're kind of trying to move away from it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it was XNA was even worse because we had no source code, so mm. it's it was it was tough. Wow. But today it's built in mono game. So it's been it's built with mono game, like a heavily modified version of mono game. Yeah. Okay. Modified by yeah. you? By the team, yeah. Wow. Mostly right. Philippe and Kevin. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. 
I like that. But it means you maintain one code base and push to both iOS and Android, which it definitely seems to make your life easier. Right. It's much easier. Yeah, for sure. Like, I would say 90, in the high 90% of the code, if you, if we exclude all the platform stuff from MonoGame, but our sec, like our responsibility on the code is 98, 99% um, cross platform. Like, the, it's the same code that runs. Wow. On all platforms, you know, the UI code is basically just mm. sending commands to a UI renderer and, you know, the, the goal goes to OpenGL in the back anyway. So, right. Hmm. So were you not affected by Xamarin being acquired by Microsoft? Not really. It was, it was, yeah. uh, we were kind of hoping that it would get more stable. Um, mm-hmm. The bummer is that now we have to update Visual Studio every time they have a new update. So that's kind of. Sometimes right. a little frustrating, yeah. yep. um, but it's 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 been fine, you know, no, um, yeah. no issues on that. But has it gotten stabler? I guess that's the question. I would say a little more stable, um, yeah. but there's always, like, I would say, two to four times a year, there's always one of us who's like, can't build anymore, no idea right. why, or sometimes it'll work on a Friday, you come back on a Monday morning, and it's not building anymore. And it's just some yeah. weird something. Like what happened? Were you guys partying on the weekend? What happened? <laughs> I <laughs> still have weekend. that problem. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, def- definitely some late night coding sessions. And then you get you come downstairs in the morning and it's like, the good news is I drank enough that I didn't think to close anything. So I can see the detritus of my poor decision making. And especially you night. realize you wrote comments like WTF question mark. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. Exactly. There's a, uh, we have a, an intern who's now more permanent with us, he's finding some of my old code sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> There's some expletives in there. But to me, the common thread through this whole nine years of building a flight simulator is C-sharp the whole time. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah not that's even, pretty cool. We don't even have any C++ CLI things. Everything is, whenever we have a library, we just have it in C-sharp completely. Are you still using ODE, the Dynamics no, engine? No, we like, use a different uh, engine made in C Sharp uh, too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all like it's all C Sharp, and in most cases, you know, since we've been burned by the by the XNA drop, and uh, yeah. there was also um, Azure Mobile Game something something about with authentication with Facebook and Google, which they completely deprecated all of a sudden. Uh, we had to, to, you know, we've, we've been burned so many times by, by projects being canned and our roadmap being, you know, um, changed at last minute because a big company decides this is not worth their time anymore. We're not doing this anymore. And we do yeah. everything in house. And, and we take it away kind of Right. Thing. Yeah. It's like, we, you we, can't use it anymore. We're not open sourcing it. You're done. So we're, it's like, it's like this, this PTSD that we have. Because I, I do think you've been sitting on the harshest side of Microsoft's behavior like that. Like, right. Compared to a lot of other companies, Microsoft's been pretty good about maintaining compatibility. But I think more on the PC, desktop, sort of enterprise development side, the gaming side, they've been uh, as twitchy as Google. Right. Where they just keep changing their minds about stuff. And you, it, it's like the battles internal to the company spill out on the on the ecosystem and suddenly the tools you were using have gone away. Right. Mm. That's that's pretty that's terrible. That's why that's why we're um, we're we're oftentimes doing everything on our own. Like for the yeah. people think that our 
satellite imagery is used is using like Bing or Google or or Mapbox. But we actually we right. did like Philippe did a uh, so he worked and he built the whole thing. And at the beginning, we thought we can use Mapbox, but then we, there was tons of issues, and we thought like, what if Mapbox is acquired by Microsoft, Google, or Apple, and they can the right. whole thing or you know, we have this version that's outdated, but still supported, but then they decide to change something. Uh, and then we have to go out of a cycle to update an old version. Uh, and then Apple can't accept old versions with the new SDK. So what do we do? You know, we can't update it. Um, so we figured like, let's build our own thing. So we built the the whole CDN, um, the, 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 the tile system and everything mm-hmm. um, wow. on, on our own. Yeah. Where'd you get the data from? Um, we found a provider that actually curates um, the images for the entire world. Um, so they go through imagery and then they find some that don't have clouds that have like better lighting and they kind of mm-hmm. stitch it together and, and color correct uh, the whole thing. So it's Neat. so when you fly across big stretches of land, it doesn't, you know, when you look at you some, don't have seams. some rivers and bay, like if you look at the bay area, uh, right. it's just like banding. Uh, so they take out all the yeah. stuff and clean it up. Yeah, and it was yeah. not cheap. Tides are, tides are tough. Yeah. yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. But, you know, it's funny. I talk, We've often thought the game developers were a little nuts about uh, the not invented here syndrome. But it's, it's you know, you're, the way you describe your experience makes a lot of sense to me that, hey, every time I've taken a dependency on something, it's been yanked out from under me. Right. And then my product is broken. Exactly. Mm. Uh, we, we have this issue with Facebook, right? So yep. how many times this year did Facebook crash every single app that was using their SDK? Right. right. At, the, at the startup, like so many times. So we, we are mm-hmm. working on removing it completely uh, because it's a, it's a huge liability. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's tons of stuff like this where we just figured like, let's rewrite it. Let's not use somebody else's stuff and rewrite it. And so we actually yeah. own it. It's ours and we've designed it. We know it. We know it. And we know it's in C Sharp. It doesn't use some kind of weird DLL that's maybe deprecated or it's using an old CRT version or whatever. So, yeah. What version of C Sharp do you rely on then? Uh, it's .NET 4.6, I think. And it's whatever right. Xamarin uses. I think it's, I forgot, like 4, probably yeah. 4 point something, yeah. But which is, you know, .NET Standard 2, so it's compatible. But you're not worried about core or anything like that. But then you're not using those compilers anyway. What do you care? Right. And well, we're using, but, we're using some of it. Like, we'd love to port uh, to core. Um, our our back end stuff, we're, we're slowly porting it to core. Um, mm-hmm. because there's lots of, we, we've actually, we're moving away from Azure, um, cause it's becoming too much of a black box. Whenever we have issues, it's, we don't know what's happening. Hmm. So right. we're, we're using other providers and we're using all the, I mean, I'm not that part. It's that somebody else is working at some may, I'm just going to say some words like Kubernetes and, and, and containers and stuff like that. So we could move it to a different provider if we had to, um, right. Yeah. But you're evaluating those those other platforms. You, you, just tell me, Laura, you're not building your own cloud, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, actually, so there, there's there's a time like at the beginning of the the multiplayer server. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the there are, the, the first version was using uh, TCP, which was a mistake, right. of course, but that's yeah. all I had, so I used TCP, uh, and I was having issues with performance, and you know some of the servers were, you know joking with uh, I had, they were supposed to be designed for like 900 to a thousand users and at 30 users it was just choking right um, so 
at some point I had a I had a server running in my house and I redirected all the traffic to my house. So I had a small cloud service in my house. And uh, I actually also had <laughs> you know, one time do. running on a, on a Galaxy S2. Some people were playing on a Galaxy S2. Like the server was running <laughs> on the phone. Wow. <laughs> How has uh, adoption sales been? Uh, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, people have been um, people have been uh, it's it's gone in like you know kind of stages yeah. uh, depending on on releases and sometimes we're working on big things and we kind of let go of some of the the, the stuff that people really want in the moment. Mm-hmm. But we see the bigger picture, the longer picture. So when we released the the whole planet in, in satellite imagery, that took us a long time to build. So Philippe was gone for almost two years of the main development. Uh, Kevin was mm. the same. He was gone for a year and a half, two years of the development. And I was alone doing some of the, you know, some of the UI, the multiplayer, all that. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of tough. It was kind of tough to, uh, to, um, to, 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 uh, to during this period of time where the, 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 we kind of plateau and we see that the interest kind of going down, people are like, well, there's nothing new, just a new plane. What about cloud? What about this and this? So it's mm. kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's been, it's been okay. Like the, the multiplayer, and I think the 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 move we made to go to subscription, uh, it was a, it was a tough call. Um, What's the next big change? So we have we have different projects um, that we're working on. There's uh, one that we call Project Metal. So it's basically a full rework of the um, the 3D rendering architecture. Um, so to so to move away from from a mono game. Uh, so Philippe's been working on that, on that for about a year and a half now, um, and there's it's it's tough. It's really tough because he, he's building, uh, you know, he, he's running the app in a state that's completely broken, uh, and it's demotivating. Um, so he has to go like you know day by day and add new things. Um, so we're we're uh, he's made progress. There's there's tons of stuff that he's built that we're going to reuse when we find the optimal way to integrate all this work into the mm-hmm. sim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's new new rendering way, new ways to render things, new ways to to display a lot of light. Really really interesting stuff that's going to make the app like way better. Wow. Um, and there's also clouds that are that are in the works. Um, so that is something that we've been promising for a long time, but it's uh. One of the big uh, hurdles that we've had to solve, and it took one engineer in the team a long time to do it, is uh, you know we have the the rendering distance that we have is pretty significant, right? So you can have your airplane right in front of you, but you could also see three hundred kilometers away, and even more than that if you're really high in, into the atmosphere. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. that's a complex problem when it comes to three D rendering um, because. You, it's hard to have something that's close to you and and have this something that's really far in the same view. That's why in, in a lot of games, uh, there, there's what they call the fog of war, uh, where they they hide the stuff that's far away because it flickers. There's some something called the Z fighting where the, the Z buffer doesn't have enough precision. Right. So there's tons of hacks that developers are using uh but some of these hacks are not available on on mobile mm. or sometimes they are on ios but on an android or on an android with you know OpenGL, whatever uh like 3.1 but we need 3.2 and some devices actually do have this feature in 3.1 or they have the entry point but if you call it it crashes and when you talk to the driver people at the company they say well yeah we messed up uh but we're not going to update it 
So there's mm. there's <laughs> cases where we couldn't even do, like we couldn't even know if it was going to crash or not because they say that they it's supported by the driver, but it's not there. Are you are you right. sharing your um your uh, custom version of mono game with the world, or are you keeping it to yourself? I don't remember if it's public. I know we've actually uh, we've actually I think it's public. Maybe uh, I know we've mm-hmm. so when we when we added the three D um, uh, rendering to Mono Game back in two thousand eleven, um, we branched out so much from from the um, the base code mm-hmm. that we ended up giving them uh, zip files like, hey, here's the three D. <laughs> you guys can do the merge. There's three D. There's three D in it now. There's been three right. D in it. I think through most of version three. But yeah, so the the original three D is your us. code. Yeah. Sorry. You see, it's your code. You so did it. Maybe not now anymore, but there's probably mm-hmm. part of our code. Yeah, um, I think yeah. they rewrote a lot of it uh, by now. Um, but yeah, the original version we didn't want to do the merge, so we we told them like, hey, here's the zip file. Just if you guys would mind doing it, so that way you can you know kind of cherry pick what you want from what we did. Um, sure. But now it's like the, the the changes that we've made are mostly for like heavily customized stuff for what we do. Um, right. It's not. I don't think it would be useful for for the general public. Um, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I have to ask Philippe about that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about it because I have right. a spidey sense about what listeners are thinking, and that that came up on my list. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to but, yeah, use that. <laughs> except that it's yeah. They, there is three D in in mono game now, yeah. and and it's broadly supported, and yep. uh, you know. It's, it's probably a pretty good choice all around. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, good way. I mean, for now, like when when there's people asking me, what, what do you recommend for an engine to, you know, go multi-platform? Mm. I ask mm-hmm. them, like, just consider, you know, Xamarin.net and, you know, Monogame because it's pretty powerful. Lots of stuff yeah. is built on it. As opposed to Unity? Okay, well, it's only for a certain type of people. So, I mean, for us, Unity is is the black box the risky black box yeah. uh, right you know i mean they're they're pretty big so it's unlikely that they they would s- stop doing it yeah. or be acquired and, and shut down mm-hmm. but it's still like there's some of the stuff that we're doing we need access to the to the the bare metal um mm-hmm. or as close as we can be um and it's just it's just we we just couldn't do it um we just couldn't do it We'd be scared every day that to hear them, you know, well, we dropped a certain feature or we changed this and then break something that we can have no control over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, you've got that, you've got that bug through and through, Laura. I get that. And I'm not saying you're wrong in any way. That's for sure. But, uh, it, it is interesting to think about the life of mono game and Xamarin for, for mobile development versus unity. Um, People have been successful in both stacks, clearly. Right. I think Unity is probably like for a for a small game or like a platform game that has like, you know, constraints and it's like a like a standard game. Mm. Like I think Unity is a pretty good platform for that. Um, yeah. in our case, like we have to do so many hacks um to render like for those rendering issues that we have. That it's it makes more sense for us to control everything. Then, it, but it's also more yeah. risky because now Apple is. We feel like Apple is going to announce that they're going to drop OpenGL any day. Mm. <laughs> so that's why we have Project Metal in progress because all this all this uh, rework is to actually make it easier. Once Apple decides that it's over, 
for us to move to a different rendering engine. To the graphic, graphic well, engine. it seems insane to consider dropping OpenGL. It's one of the original 3D libraries. Like so much software has depended on it for so long. It just seems mean. I mean, you've seen what they did with the latest MacBook Air, right? Yeah, they, well. It's it's their thing. Um, and yeah. It, what? You like containers? No containers. That's extra. Right. <laughs> oh, you wanted a power supply? <laughs> oh, you wanted a functioning keyboard? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's just a box. I mean, they, no, they're, they, it's the same way they do things with the, 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 the Mac in general, right? So yeah. when they update to a new version, it's like Xcode doesn't work anymore. Like you can't update to the new Xcode if you don't update to the new Mac OS. Yep. Right. So you could, um, we could definitely imagine them like, you know what? Well, you have no choice. Well, who are you going to go to? You're going to go to Android? Pfft, come on. Yeah. Windows Phone? Yeah. Right. So they have such power now that it's, it, 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 they could make this move and, uh, and Miguel would still be cheerleading for them. Yeah. You can cut yeah. you can cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. This is gold. <laughs> I love you, Miguel. <laughs> well, Laura, it's been a del- it's been a delight talking to you and uh, this is certainly an amazing project and it's just hearing it's great hearing all the dirty details. So thanks. Well, thanks uh, thanks for having me. It was super fun. You bet. All right, we'll see you next time on .net rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a- <laughs>